someone had asked me, um, you know, what was the toughest decision I've ever had to make in my career? Um, and it actually took me a while to think of the toughest decision. Um, because my career has really been broken up into three sections, right? Section number one is when I was really learning everything, right? That was the first 10 years of my career, me working in manufacturers, uh, working for the end users. I had this whole strategic plan, um, where I developed a strategic plan, right? Um, that I executed for over a 10 year period. The second phase of my career was uh, working for systems integrators, so working for other integrators. <clears throat> um, and I worked for two different systems integrators, both top integrators in the world. And then the third phase has been my entrepreneurial phase, where I created my own integrator, created my own um, data science companies, uh, you know, the 49, 48 firms now that I own. So what I decided to do was to shoot this video in three parts. Right, part number one, which I'll do today, is you know the three toughest decisions I had to make in that first phase of my career. Right, so um, so a little background before I answer the three questions. So my the first starting in 1999, 2000, I got my first job working in manufacturing, um, and I started as a laborer. Uh, if you guys want to know, like my whole story how did I get in industrial automation because at the time I only had a degree in sociology I, I was not a double E at that point um, <clears throat> you can there's another video it's where I talk about the arc of my career right um, but basically in the first 10 years of my career I worked for four different types of manufacturers so I worked in the mining industry first then I worked in the printing industry then I worked in the steel industry and then I worked in tier one automotive um, the first part of my career, I did five years in the mine in mining, five and a half, I think. Um, then I did um, two years in printing. I did two years, maybe three years in steel, and I did a year and a half in tier one automotive. Um, <clears throat> so. The three toughest decisions I had to make while I was in that first phase when I worked for manufacturers, the first toughest decision I had to make was at the end of my, um, the decision I had to make to leave mining, leave my employer in the mine and go work on surface. Okay. So, and believe me, that was a excruciatingly difficult decision, um, because my, my first that was my first real job where I started paying for my student loans. I had gotten married while I worked in the mine. Uh, I'd gone back and gotten another degree while I worked in the mine. Um, and uh, I had my first child while I worked in the mine. Um, bought a house. So I had a family to take care of. Um, in I'm t um, 20 uh, 29 years old. Um, and I've been working in the mine for five years. I've been systematically promoted. I'm working as a, an, I'm technically an electrician in the maintenance department. Um, 
and I made really good money, especially for the area I lived in, I made exceptional money. Um, I, I was known as the SMAG guru. So in terms of like bleeding edge, um, technology, I was that guy. Um, and that's what I was known for. Um, you know, they called me the smag guy in, in the mine. I was respected. I made good money. Um, and I had a lot of responsibility. I knew that in order for me to, to, in order for me to truly, um, have the type of career I wanted, that is one where I, I made a, like a real difference, not just for my employer, but like in the world, you know, help save and create middle-class jobs, um, to have a positive impact bigger than just the manufacturer I worked at. I needed to go, I had to leave the mine. I I was going to have to leave. And part of that has to do with when you work in mining, mining is a, is an, it's a world all unto itself. It has its own regulatory body. So, you know, OSHA doesn't even govern, um, uh, mining safety. They have their own safety body called MSHA, the Mining Safety and Health uh, Association, I think is what it's called. Um, you know, I was a member of the mine rescue team. Uh, I was on our behavioral sciences technology safety team on the actual steering committee. Um, mining is a small community. It's a family. You know, everything I knew about my career was tied up working for that company. And the company I worked for was a great company. Um, the largest privately held company in the world. Um, you know, just a great company. But I knew that if I wanted to have a bigger impact, I was going to, I needed to go on to surface and learn all the, you know, get experience in surface technologies. Right. And my goal at the time had been to get moved in, into systems integration so that I could, instead of me being able to make a difference with one manufacturer, I can make a difference with many. You know, when you work in systems integration, you're not just working with one manufacturer, you're working with many. So I sat down with my wife and I told her, hey, I, I, need, I need to get a job on surface. Um... And that actually was hard. Uh, you know, when you were, again, all my experience was in mining. It didn't matter, you know, and I had two, two undergraduate degrees at this point. Um, I didn't want to relocate. I just bought my home. So this was another thing. I, w- I was in an area that didn't have uh, a lot of jobs. If you guys want to see my, you know, that my feelings on that about, you know, upstate New York and the mass exodus of manufacturing. So... We, I started applying for positions and I just could, I wasn't getting anything. And, um, and it all had to do with the fact that there weren't a lot of manufacturing jobs. There were lots of people who wanted those manufacturing jobs because they're the good paying middle-class jobs. And, um, and, uh, and I was already working in a mine, right? And all my experience was in a mine. So I made the decision with my wife to leave the mine without a job and go to a temp agency and get the temp agency to just get me surface experience, any experience not working in a mine. Um, And so I did that. 
um, in 2005, um, I left, I went to a temp agency and I got, and I did three jobs over the course of one year working for a temp agency. The first, the first position was doing data mining for a company that was building websites for like scholastic lacrosse teams. So I had to learn, uh, I basically wrote a Python scrubber that, um, mined data for the names of the names of, of the coaches and the teams all over the United States that they would sell their services to. And I did that for about three months that I got <clears throat> that when that assignment was done, I, um, got a position working for a biosciences firm building a controller for a uh, a robot that can that a mass spectrometer that was on the end of a robot okay and uh, so this was my only experience in life sciences actually uh, and this this company was affiliated with uh, Cornell University and um, and I did that for about six months um, actually a little longer than that. I think I did it about nine months. And, um, at the same time I got a, I got a, a part-time position, uh, so that I could augment the income that I was making building these controllers at night. I worked in a skilled nursing unit, um, for a continuous care community for, um, the elderly. And I just did filing, right? Um, so I'd work, a a full shift during the day building these controllers. One of the biggest advantages of that job was that I worked right next to the lab. And so I could see how the this mass spectrometer was being used um, in a life sciences environment. Meanwhile, the whole time I'm applying for, you know, surface positions and I, I finally uh, get uh, get an offer from a printing company. Um, and so I, I took, took that position with this printing company, um, as a, uh, controls technician and then got promoted, um, into an engineering position. So number one, the, the first, that was the first toughest decision I had to make was that move. The decision I had to make to leave the mine because I was turning away stable income. My whole reputation was tied up in that organization. You know, I was somebody, uh, my relationships, um, you know, everything was tied up in that organization. And that was a tough, tough decision. And I see why it is that people don't, you know, most people, they, stay where they are because the truth is leaving is, is, is really difficult and, and not, and I, I recognize not everyone's going to make, make the decision to, to leave. Um, the second toughest decision that I had to make in that, in that first 10 year window in my career was the decision to stand up for one of my colleagues. So when I worked for the printing company, um, the, that, that company had just come out of bankruptcy and, and had been hired by, by some former presidents and they were just basically standing the company up. I was the first person in my position. One of the first things I did while I was there was I built 
um, enterprise class SCADA system that gave us full visibility into the operation of the entire facility. That is the current state of the art department, printing department, um, binding, stitching, um, including which work orders were being run, which products were being run on any of the given assets. And then the second thing I did was I tied that into the business systems downstairs. Um, I worked for the, the guy that I re reported to was the uh, engineering manager who also happened to be the IT manager. That's how um, consolidated this organization was. So I had, I, it was a really unique opportunity. Work with great people. That was when I worked with this guy named Lenny Rosenfield, who to this day is the most gifted engineer I've ever worked with in my whole career. He had something like 40 years of experience. Um, super brilliant guy, incredibly well-read. I, I learned from Lenny, like, the importance of being well-read. Like, you know, continuously studying your craft uh, in your, your spare time. Um, but there was another guy... Um, who was Lenny's counterpart. He was the mechanical engineer, and I cannot remember his name for the life of me. I wish I could. I know he was a single dad raising his three daughters by himself. Um, super, super nice guy. Like, just the nicest guy in the world. But not the kind of guy who's going to stand up for himself. Um, and so we were in it. We, uh, about a year into my employment there, maybe a year and a half, uh, we got a new... Uh, operations manager who had worked for the company that had filed for bank that had went bankrupt didn't have a good reputation real like ball buster guy unfair you know highly political blah 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 um and we were in an engineering meeting and and he he was unfair to uh this one colleague uh basically throwing him under the bus to you know cast shade on him to protect himself and I remember thinking, I went home that night and told my wife, you know, I didn't feel right that I didn't speak up. You know, I'm, I'm the guy who runs into fires when other people run away. And I, and I talked to my wife and I said, you know, if he does that again, you know, I need to defend him, right? You know, um, I knew that it could cost me my job um, if I did speak up. But um, I decided to do that anyway. And, uh, not even two weeks later, same situation happens. There's some issue with, the, you know, some reducer that didn't get changed on one of the printing presses in the right amount of time. The part was missing. The reason the part was missing was because, um, you know, this operations manager had, um, you know, changed the replenishment value um, in inventory for that specific part, but he wanted to deflect and he blamed this engineer and he, and he, he was really not fair. <laughs> I mean, it just wasn't fair to the guy. And, uh, I was trying to humiliate him actually, which was weird because there was no value in humiliating him in that situation. The guy hadn't done anything wrong. And, uh, and then I spoke up and I, I knew that you know, and I let him have it. You know, I said, you know, you show your ignorance with the way you're behaving right now. You know, and and you know, and it doesn't matter what your role is. You have a you have a moral responsibility 
to treat these guys with respect unless they've earned the disrespect that you want to give to them. And, um, and he told me to shut up and I quit on the spot right there. Like, you know, I said, I'm out. Um, and good luck take, you know, supporting the systems that I've built for you. Um, so that was the second most difficult, um, the reason I did that was because I had a close relationship with the president and the president did try to get me to come back. Um, but ultimately the president was, his hand was forced and he had to let this operations guy go. And eventually he did, I think six weeks later or whatever. And they tried to get me to come back. But I, what I do is I fell on the sword to, to protect a colleague who couldn't defend himself. Um, and then the third most difficult situation was after there, I went and moved, moved into the steel industry. I got lot, you know, timing just worked out perfectly. I, 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 they had already called me and, and had heard about me, um, at my previous stop. Um, there was a guy who his brother worked in the mine who worked in the steel plant and they, they knew about me then, and they were looking for someone to build a, uh, uh, enterprise class uh, supervisor control data acquisition system, but also to do version control for PLC programming and uh, using uh, Factory Talk Asset Center and this whole. And that was going to include uh, all the facilities on the East Coast, including their Darlington location. And um, so they heard about me and they reached reached out to me. Um, I interviewed for the position and I went to go work um, for the steel company. Um, and I was there... I want to say I was there three years. I'd have to go back and look. I don't remember if I was there for two years or for three years. But the, the top, I think it was two years, two and a half, something like that. The, the difficult decision was I made a lot of money there. And I did a couple of, uh, I did a couple of projects that really put my name on the map. You know, first off, the, I did the full site-wise SCADA system. So that uh, I put in all the cameras um, so I, I gave us, um, 100% camera visibility to our process. So from melt shop all the way through, um, reheat oven through the rolling mill down into the stacker, into the warehouse of 100% coverage so that we could correlate, um, digital results that we saw in the SCADA system and in the historian with, we could go back and, and watch the tape, right? Um, so I, I had done a couple of like really major projects for them and I was just starting to work with the facility in Darlington on doing the exact same thing for them, Darlington, South Carolina. And an opportunity came up for a full-time engineering position in it for a tier one automotive company. The problem is, is I made a lot of money in this steel company because of the way we were compensated. We, 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 uh, every manufacturing employee got a piece of the production that that happened during the week that they were working. So I was going to take a 50% pay cut to make this move. And again, you know, I, I, now I've got a second, my wife and I had another baby. Um, I'm the breadwinner in my family, but you know, truth be told, I sat down with my wife. I talked to her about, it, I said, this is the last step. This is the last job I need to take before I can move into systems integration and, um, or before I'm, before I can move into systems integration and I would, and I knew that I would be 
like the asset for a systems integrator because I had worked for four different manufacturers in four completely different processes using four completely different control schemas and theories. Um, and my wife supported me to do that. But I mean, I lost sleep. I mean, yeah, it took me, it took me a couple of weeks to make the decision to, to make this jump because my salary went from, you know, a big six-figure salary to, you know, uh, 68.5 or something. I mean, it was a huge pay cut that I took. Um, but it was worth it. And I was there for uh, a year and a half, two years, and truth be told, I learned basically everything I needed to learn. I built the, I, I had co-ops with me there. So I, I got lucky. Um, and so I was able to build in like eight months, I was able to build a full site-wise. So this was multi-campus full site-wise, um, SCADA and MES system for this manufacturer, um, in half the time that it's had it ever taken before. So, um, we did business system integration and, and so, once I got to the point where I, I had learned everything I was going to learn, then I, it was then I made my jump to systems integration. And that's when we decided to relocate from upstate New York to back to Dallas, which is where I'm from, and, um, and got my first job in systems integration. And I'll, in the next video, I'll talk about the, the three toughest decisions I had to make while I was in um, a systems integrator, so before I become, when I worked for other two, two other integrators. Um, Hopefully that's helpful. I get that question a lot, actually, like toughest decisions I've had to make. Um, obviously, the audience here is, is those who are probably trying to make the decision whether or not they should jump for a different outfit or whatever. But um, hopefully that was helpful. Um, if it was, please share the video. Be really helpful if you comment down below. It really helps with the algorithm. It gets the message out to more people. And if you like the video, that's great. And Still, we have about, it's about 50% of the people who watch our videos uh, haven't subscribed. So please subscribe if you haven't, and I'll see you in the next one.